This is a Locker Room Production. We've got some people showing up, so let's get started. I do not plan on going very long tonight, because what is there left to say about this absolutely disappointing team? Um, oh, yeah. Hey, everybody. How you doing? Well, that's good. My name's Bill Matz. I'm your director of Fun and Games for the evening. This is the Broad Street Hockey Radio Locker Room Live post game. I just, I don't even know what is there to say about this team anymore. Maybe you people, if you want to put in some speaker requests, I am open for them. Because, uh, you know, they come out and they play a great second period. Like, you can see maybe they actually took last night as uh, as a turning point. Boston, they're without Charlie McAvoy. They have, like, their third or fifth or whatever the hell this dude's name is. Uh, goalie in wherever he is on the depth chart. And it just looks like the Flyers are a different team halfway through this thing. End of the second uh, they're just buzzing. They have all the momentum. And then they get three shots in the third period. Three shots. Three. Three shots. I mean, it doesn't matter how many you had before that. Like, yeah, they could have had six goals in the second, but they fucking didn't. Uh, you can't just rest on that. Like, oh, we got them beat. They're tired. Like, all right. Good job, I guess. You won a period. I just, you know, falling down to nothing. That's nothing new. This team... Yeah, you know, does that on a nightly basis, but it's just the same shit every game. Except today, they did it a period early. They they played as hard as humanly possible in the second instead of the third, and apparently, just waiting until the third period to play hard is how this team has to win games because they are just incapable of playing multiple good periods. It seems I'm just so frustrated. I'm so fed up. We're gonna do a BSH radio tomorrow, and we're gonna talk through all this team's issues. And everything we need to get through uh, to get to leading up to the next week's trade deadline. Uh, but let's get to uh, let's get to the speaker requests. Let's lead things off with Nikki Hall. Nikki, you are live on the post game. Oh man, what's going on, Bill? Uh, you know, same old shit, different day. I feel that. I feel that. Hey, listen. You know, I've been looking at. I've been analyzing these past few games between the losses and the wins and all that. And honestly, I feel like it doesn't necessarily just fall on the team. I feel like part of this falls on the coaching staff. Like what the hell are they doing in that office that like, they can't fucking make a move. Like it's at a certain point, like something like the power play, something has to be done. I want to blame the players because you can only go through so many coaches with the same core before right. you realize it's not the coaches. But what exactly are the coaches doing? Exactly. Like how, what have they done to improve? They shuffle the lines every now and then. That's it. And that, and honestly, where, where has that gotten us? And where, where has that honestly gotten us? I mean, on the outside looking in, the Rangers won, what, 8-4 tonight, I think, might have been the final. Like, the Flyers are going to end up behind the Rangers when this is all said and done. Yeah, the way, if, if something doesn't get done soon, I can I see that happen. The way that things are going, I'm not seeing anything done soon. Like, I don't know how many more times this team has to legitimately freaking shit the bed. After, you know, a phenomenal, well, maybe not necessarily phenomenal, but after a great performance the night before, and they come in tonight, 
you know, you figure, all right, first period, you're like, all right, they're not really big first period team most of the time. And you figure, all right, second's going to be exciting, which it was. And then you're going in third period, you're thinking, all right, they're a good third period team. You know, maybe, maybe this is it. Maybe they have a, maybe there's some shot in hell. Nope. It, it literally, like, that shorthanded goal, I think, just said it right there. I'm just, it, you literally have to look at this team and are just like, what the fuck are y'all doing? Like, and I think like seeing seeing the performance of Brad Marchand tonight, who honestly like should have been booted from the game after driving Braun into the net and then kicking Lindblom's legs out from him during and punching a bunch of people in the face with a glove. I remember when that used to be an ejection when Wayne Simmons did it. Right, uh, side, but side note, fuck Marchand. <laughs> yeah, like you see Marchand's performance tonight. He gets the shorthanded goal. He gets the Flyers off their game. Plays physical. Bergeron last night, the fall down, uh, Marshan's bitching. Those two are, you know, were laughing at them last night, and they yeah. come out and Bergeron with the hat trick, Marshan with the uh, with the shorthanded goal. I mean, you just see the difference in makeup of the two teams. One is one knows how to win, and one hopes to win, and that's what we're seeing. It looks like. Yeah, and honestly, I don't understand why the hell has. Bo- I mean, every other year we've had no problem against Boston. What the hell is so different about this year that we're all of a sudden, oh, Boston's a kryptonite. It's clearly a kryptonite to, to this team. Like, other teams can beat them, but not us. I just tonight. think, yeah, and thanks for uh, thanks for chiming in, Nikki. Uh, I just think Always. it's it's one of those things, like, they're a team, the, the matchup this year with Boston is, it's, like I just said, it's, it's a group of guys who kind of have figured out this team's weakness. Uh, they've they've played each other a lot over the last few years, and you know, the Flyers were great against Boston last year. You know, the last day before the COVID break, obviously they end the Flyers' win streak, the nine-game win streak with a 2-0 win, but Flyers had won the two or three games before that last year. So, And then the Flyers beat them in the bubble as well. So I just... I think it's just the team's mentality this year. And it's not like Boston is some world beater. They started the year great, but that was honestly thanks to playing the Flyers a whole shit ton. Uh, but, you know, they come in without McAvoy tonight, and they still are able to, you know, no no goalie to speak of, some 22-year-old Alaskan uh, who I've never heard of until today. Um, and they come in and get the job done while the Flyers are – just looking for answers still can't get the power play going. Can't take advantage of momentum. One thing goes wrong. 10 things go wrong. We've been saying the same shit about this team all year. All right. If we don't have, uh, if we don't have any more, uh, too many more, uh, speaker requests, I'm not going to go too long tonight. Cause we have the, uh, we have the full show tomorrow and then, and then uh, we'll be, you know, talking about everything. And of course, I'll be back soon after that for the next post game. So, let's see. Uh, do we have any of these speaker requests? Doesn't look like it. Let's get to some comments in the discussion section, and then we can wrap things up early tonight. Uh, Hunter Moyer. All right, Hunter Moyer. Welcome to the show, Hunter. You are live. Yo, what's up, Bill? My, my phone's on one percent, but judging <laughs> by the way this game went, I, I won't be on here long. Uh, I didn't watch the game. Uh, did we have Lucky any you. power plays? Uh, I mean, I saw we they short, scored a shorthanded goal, so uh, I I don't know, Bill. I, I don't uh, honestly. This is the first time in I don't know how. Oh, I mean, I've been a fan since I was a kid, but I I, I can't watch him honestly. It's so it's so bad. Uh, the thing 
someone someone I work with was like, um, oh, here comes Mr. Negative again. And I said, you know what? I said, I'm fucking negative because this team the past eight years has been fucking dog shit. Like, yeah, like they've they've uh, won okay. they've won one playoff round <laughs> since twenty twelve. Like what is there to like, be positive well, yeah, about? Well, like yeah, like what the fuck? I mean, I don't want to be negative, but when you win one playoff series in eight fucking years, I mean, I don't know, dude. I, I I'm just glad I didn't watch it. That's it. I'm I'm happy That's for it. you, honestly, because it was they played so well in the second, and then just let Boston let Boston take over in the third, and just had very little pushback. pushback. Yeah, I think you were 100 percent right when you're like when one thing goes wrong, ten things go wrong. It's it's. It's like an uh-oh moment. We're we're not – maybe we are going to – it's just to give up too fucking quick. It, I don't know. Like I said, I didn't watch it, so I can't judge it. Um, but, yeah, I'm – honestly, I don't even know if I want to watch uh, Thursday's game or Saturday's well, or whatever the fuck yeah, I, it is, So I, I feel you. I feel you, Hunter. I uh, Thanks a lot. Uh, I don't know if I want to watch them either, but I'm going to – because this is what we do here, and I, of course, will be here on post games to discuss them with you. Because, you know, I guess we all need someone to talk to sometimes. Chris Casula, Chris, you are live on the post game show. Hey, Bill, how are we doing, buddy? I'm well. How are you? I'm not too bad, man. Uh, I guess as good as I can be after watching the schlock they threw out there in the third period. Yeah. You know, I won't belabor any points here. I mean, there's a lot of little things we could pick on. You know, it feels utterly pointless to talk about how bad, once again, the officiating was. There was some truly egregious missteps on their end, but it almost feels besides the point when you put up 25 shots in the second period and then three in the third. That's not the yeah, official it's, fault. And then, like, you know, you get a power play and you give up a shorthanded goal. Like, right. uh, you know what? The, the officiating was dreadful tonight, and I normally don't say it screwed the Flyers. No, it was tilted very much against the Flyers tonight. That's not even why they lost. They lost because they didn't have enough in the third period after owning the second. Yeah, it's just it's really confounding. And and I think at this point, I know we've been kind of on the precipice of utter despair now for what feels like weeks. But I do feel like it's almost at this time, time to start shifting focus towards the future. And how does this team improve moving forward? And I'm not even I don't we don't need to go down the road to blow it all up or what they need to do necessarily. But the one thing I want to point out that has something that's I think finally occurred to me is that this team in stretches as individual players puts up performances that I mean like you know Coots for stretches stretches looks like one of the best players in the league and, and I don't want to pick on him but like guys like JVR or even like I'd written Kevin Hayes off for for dead frankly and then you know they put up these efforts but they just can't seem to put that together you know you look at a team like Boston and you watch Obviously, you know, they call it the perfection line for a reason. So, like, you know, not every team is going to play like that. But it's just so hard to see guys like G put up an effort one night when it seems like there's nobody else even around the goddamn puck. Nobody else is on the forecheck. He's beat, he's winning board battles. And nobody's even around the goddamn puck. And I feel like that's what we see. And, you know, we just see guys disappear for these long stretches. And they just can't seem to put a good effort, sustainable effort together as a team. And, and that's just hard to watch. It's frustrating as hell because, you know, the talent's there. Yeah, that's 100%, Chris. Like, that's the – listen, Boston – and thanks a lot. And Boston has the – Boston has the perfection line, and pretty much nobody in hockey can match that. Like, yes, Colorado can uh, if they put their top three together. And, you know, there's a couple of teams. But pretty much 
uh, you know, of the 31 teams, 27, 28 of them don't have anything close to what Boston has on its top line. But the Flyers are supposed to be able to match that with one, Sean Couturier, the, you know, Selkie Trophy winner. He's supposed to be able to at least equal Bergeron's line. And then with the depth that they have, they're supposed to surpass it. But like Chris was just talking about, like they don't seem to ever be able to have more than one line going at a time. You know, we had the Couturier, Farabee, and uh, JVR line going for a while. You know, where have they been? Couturier still an effective player, but where's JVR been? He had an all right game tonight. He was a little physical, did some things, but eh, he's been he's been cold lately. Farabee can barely even get himself on the ice. He's been on like the fourth line, which maybe I don't agree with, but. It's not like he's done anything to set himself apart in the last couple of weeks. So it, it is what it is. Young players, they don't have that money in the bank, uh, for as AV likes to say. And, you know, it looks like we have the Giroux, uh, Voracek, Konechny line going. It's good to see Konechny uh, kind of wake up. He's been really good lately, I think. But that's really it. I, I liked what I saw out of Kevin Hayes, especially in the second period tonight. But he's been sleepwalking for weeks. Uh, and it's not like, you know... He was anywhere to be found in the third period. Uh, so it's just, they, they don't seem, you know, I still like the depth. I still like what this team at forward has on paper, but at no point this season has it felt like they've ever had the depth going all at the same time. All right, Johnny Dyer. Johnny, you are live on the post game. Johnny. Johnny wants. I cannot hear Johnny. I know sometimes when I can't hear, other people can, but uh, I don't have him here. Are you there? Oh, there you are. There you are. What's oh, up, Johnny? Right on. What's up, Bill? So I don't know. I don't know how long you actually want to do this. I see it's been like 15 minutes, so I'm like, ah, I got maybe two minutes before he just hangs up and then like blows <laughs> up, blows up and tears something apart for a little while. But uh, and I know you like sometimes you like talking about a positive. I was surprised during the broadcast to see that Shane Gosses Bear is like six in the franchise history for like, I don't know, was it goals or points? I, I can't remember which one. It was like points by a defenseman or something like that in franchise history, number six. And I just thought like, this is a guy who's been jerked around by two different coaches, just sent on waivers not that long ago. And like, he's still putting up like ridiculous numbers. Like good for him. Good on. Oh yeah. Goes. And I, I thought he, yeah, no, I thought he played a hell of a game tonight, too. Uh, I, he had the goal. I thought he was kind of all over the ice tonight. Uh, I really liked what I saw out of Shane. Like, in the third period when the team was just dragging, I thought, like, G and Ghost were the only guys really standing out. Yeah, yeah. I did like uh, – I do like him with Moran, and I love that. Like, I know it was called a rough, but, like oh. – Oh, God. I know it was just the most ridiculous fucking after all the stuff, like a blatant, the, the, one of the officials staring directly at Boston, like three feet away from them as they play the puck over the boards and just go, nah, that's fine. It ain't delay a game. Like Brad Marchand drives Justin Braun purposely into the, into the crossbar and then kicks Lindblom's legs out from under him. Nah, that's cool. Like Miller, hits uh, – it's a blatant interference against TK and then just punches him in the head for no reason, and then they call TK too because TK slashed him back like after two blatant penalties, and then they call Samuel Moran for a rough on what was just the body check. Just a yeah. clean body – not even a, that hard of one. Like, 
If I was Moran, I would be pissed I didn't get my money's worth. I'd be like, let me cross-check him. That's what I'm saying. Hopefully he is learning that steep learning curve that, like, they're (sighs) they're going to call you for stuff if you're that big. Like, you might as well, like you said, get your money's worth. Like, earn it. You want to put me in there? Yeah, I'll I'll Uh get my two minutes. But I just, you know, I was super surprised to see how how high Ghost was on that list of franchise defensemen. It was just, like – for a guy to do that is impressive, and to do it after he'd been jerked around so much and just put on waivers is like kind of astounding. I hope that guy finds a place. If it's not Philadelphia, I hope he finds a place where they'll appreciate what he can bring to the table. Me too. Thanks a lot, Johnny. And I would love, I would love, uh, I would love it if Ghost could just settle in here and just be given, not given because ice time is always earned, but even if it's just a third pair spot with Samuel Moran and you fix the top four, which is the real concern, um, just allowed to do what he does uh, by a coaching staff. It doesn't look like he's in the long-term plans. It doesn't feel like he's going to be here after the season. He might not be here after Monday. Uh, would be shocking if they're able to trade him because uh, nobody just claimed him on waivers, but. I'm just saying it doesn't feel like he's long for this franchise. And it's a real shame because, listen, he's had his ups and downs. I can't say he's been awesome for his entire tenure here. But when he's on, there are a few players uh, we've had in a long time as exciting as Shane Goss bear. And he just brings a necessary element. Can you make up an entire – can you have six guys on D who do what he does? No. Do they have some guys who might end up being better than him? Maybe. Uh, but it, it'll be – It'll be bittersweet to see him go and have success somewhere else because it just, just doesn't seem like he's ever going to get the real chance he needs here. But uh, you're still rooting for him because, goddamn, remember those those first three years, that rookie season, man. Shit, that rookie season was – I mean, that, that was like water in the desert for somebody uh, just looking for something to be excited about. He got us. Him and Braden Shen – like t- together got the Flyers to the playoffs in that uh, was at the 15-16 season. It, that, uh, great fun that was. All right, let's go to uh, Alex Gold. Alex, you are live on the post game. Alex, you got me. You're live. Hey, buddy. Sorry about that. Uh, there you are. No worries. No worries. How are you? Hey, just a couple of things. One, kind of a – everybody talks about how lackadaisical – his team is kind of like, oh, I guess we're behind, but we'll we'll come at them tomorrow. We'll just get them tomorrow. I feel like that's still, I know we hate talking about it, but it's still a hackstall holdover. You know what I mean? Like, we had that kind of uber calm, like, oh, it's okay. We'll just keep it professional. But this team's not, this team can't get fired up. And I think that's Yeah, and they, it. like, you I'm see it. just so tired of being told, Oh, no, just keep the faith, keep the faith, keep the faith. Like, no, I'm going to be mad now. It's time to get mad. Yeah, you see it in stretches. You see it in stretches like this team is capable of having, like, especially in the third period usually, you see them, like, go balls to the wall, just look like a totally different team because they're in desperation mode. Tonight in the second, clearly they know the season is on the line in these games against Boston. They know they need to be able to beat a 22-year-old goalie getting his first action in the NHL, and they play like it. And then in the third, it's just kind of more of more of what they've been doing for the last month plus, just not well, not inspired hockey. Plus or what, yeah. or whatever, like 
basically since the end of the Lavi era. And I know it's like a Philly thing to have a coach always fired up about something. We want somebody to, you know, G breaking his stick over the boards and then going back out next shift and scoring a goal like he did, you know, all those years ago. But I feel like this team, like the vets on this team came up under a regime that just sapped all of their excitement and love and just passion for the game out of them. Like they're almost, and I do. almost too robotic about it. I, I do. I get that impression. Like tonight, again, like the, the officiating isn't why they lost, but someone needed to be fucking mad. Like AV needed to call a timeout and use the entire timeout to berate the officials. Like hey, someone needed to, someone needed to be pissed the fuck off tonight. Why doesn't AV ever call a timeout? Like uh, he, yeah, he likes to, like, he likes to have him for late. He likes to have him in case you need to challenge something or whatever, but well he needs good. to do it way more often. When Carter Hart gets shellacked for like five goals in two minutes, like he did against the Rangers, after that second or third goal, call the timeout. Slow it down. Stop the bleeding. Yeah. Do something. No, uh, you need I, to. I know, some, some, yeah, go ahead. I know you want to get out of here real quick, but I, I've been listening to the game on the radio since I'm at work. But it sounded like I am, a, I guess, a card-carrying member of the Moran Mafia. But he sounded like he's doing, at, at worst, fine, and at best, good. Just kind of yeah. being a big guy and telling guys, you can't, you know, pile-drive our players anymore. And I don't, we don't need a bruiser. You don't need a goon. But it's nice they still have kind of that guy that will take it to whoever is trying to punch someone now. Oh, 100%. And just, like, if you're going to have a third pair stay at home, like you said, at best fine, or, like, at, like fine to good, if not mediocre, like, if, if he's going to be your sixth defenseman, let him be someone who can beat the shit out of somebody. Like, if it's all just a bunch of Robert Haig, Justin Braun types, even Eric Gustafson, who's, you know, a totally different style defenseman, but also not good, like, if... If they're all basically the same, which is eh, but the the one guy is six foot seven and will beat up everybody on the ice, give me him. I just love that we have a guy that I saw in a rookie game carry a helmet like a trophy to the penalty <laughs> box after kicking someone's ass, like he was collecting ears out of you know some crazy <laughs> war game. And that's the kind of guy you need, you know. This is mine now. You lost. And I, I like that. I like it too. No, I, I think they need a little bit more of that, and they need a little bit more a- attitude. Thanks a lot, Alex. I think part of what that attitude, uh, part of what's missing from this team is some attitude of no, like some pushback. And uh, I think Moran can provide it a little bit. Now, granted, like he doesn't get to go out there against the perfection line a whole lot. So he never gets to cross-check Marshand in the teeth and see if Marshand actually wants to take someone on uh, because you don't want your third pair out there with like, you know, the best line in hockey. And that's understandable, but I would like to see him, uh, I I would like to see him assert, assert himself even more especially now that the season is, if not over, really on the brink. Uh, Warren Brody, Warren, you're live. Yeah, tough game tonight. You know, um, maybe we're overrating the Flyers' talent. Yeah, the fact that, you know, our power play isn't good, our penalty killing isn't good, 
our ability to, to win shootouts isn't good, maybe that should be telling us that, you know, maybe we just got, we just need more talent. And uh, the other thing that upsets me is Carter Hart's got to be a first-time goalie. Uh, you know, if we if we can't win tonight, yeah, it's very disappointing. And I don't I don't know what I don't know what to think of Fletcher, but I'm concerned he's just going to bring back a lot of these guys next year. I, and you're, you're right, there isn't enough passion on this team either. I don't see anyone that hates losing on this team. No, and that's that's something we've talked about a lot. Like they just don't seem to really hate to lose. Now I don't know what goes on in the room, and this year no one does because there's only so much access. But it doesn't seem like you see what Bergeron and you see what Marchand did last night. After you know we had a good yeah. laugh at their expense last night. Bergeron falls down. Marchand's thrown a tantrum at the end. Yeah. you know I, it's fun. I- it's it's a it's fun for us. And then the next night they come out and single handedly beat us, and the Flyers have no pushback for it. And can I say something? And I love Coots, but Bergeron got embarrassed last night. He came back and got a hat trick tonight. We need the same effort from Coots. Uh, we didn't get it. I mean, these yeah. guys, these guys just don't right. They don't seem to rise in a moment. It's it's disappointing. Maybe we're just not that good. And they're definitely just not that good. I mean, their record their record very much reflects that. Thanks a lot, Warren. They've been a mediocre team all year, and they have a mediocre record. All right, Nikki, you started it, and you are going to finish it off for us. What's going on? <sighs> all right, I'm. I honestly got to get this off my chest now because. Honestly, what is it going to take for this team to get like that wake up call? Like, do we need to fire people? Do we need to break a break sticks over players heads? Like, what the fuck do we need to do to get out there and actually get a me- get the message across? Because honestly, I'm if I'm being honest, I'm fucking sick and tired of this team, the way they've been playing these past eight years now, 10 years now. Yeah, it's. I, like in terms of a wake up call, I thought like a firing some assistant coaches that was a move for a month ago. Like yeah. I don't, I I think it's too late for a wake up call now. Like there are moves that are going to be made by Monday. Maybe they'll be substantial. Maybe they won't be. But I think some some players on this team are too comfortable, and someone's going to have to lose their job over it. Now it might be a player we like, like Scott Lawton or Shane Gostisbehere. It might be someone we don't like, but. I think there has to be a shakeup in the locker room at this point, and not just for this season. Like this season, I mean, I, I think tonight we kind of saw we kind of saw their playoff chances evaporate. But uh, for for the future, if this if the majority of this core is going to stay together, something has to be done to change the culture in that room. Whether it's bringing in another leader, shipping out one of the leaders, I don't know. But a move is going to have to be made to shake things up somehow. Yeah, and that's the other thing is, like, how the hell were we getting, and especially it was early in the season, how the hell were we getting outshot by teams but still finding ways to win games, but yet here we are out shooting the opposition, but yet we can't find ways to win? Like, how does that make sense? Uh, It just, uh, it's, like, I think we're seeing just, there's a lot more to this season than statistical regression, but remember how we were talking about, oh, man, Scott Lawton, he is so good on breakaways. And, like, ever since we started talking about that, he's, like, 0 for 7 on breakaways. Like, yeah. I think of it, some of it is statistical regression, and I think I, they just don't, even though they were getting outshot and outplayed for large majorities of the game, uh, games early in the season, but we're winning mm-hmm. – didn't it just seem like they were playing better? Like they were making bigger plays. They were making more necessary plays. And now, like, 
they're doing a lot more little things right, but the right. big stuff isn't the big stuff isn't there. Like and that's they're the not cashing like, in on breakaways and stuff and like that. And that's the thing with like the you know when it was Super Bowl Sunday and you know we won that game against Washington seven to four, and then you know we got hit with like how many play how many of our players ended up in COVID protocol like four or five? No, all of them. Yeah, uh, just about. And then. You know, we go on the small break, and you figure, oh, it's a little break. You know, we're not we're not going to get too worried right now. And then, you know, we end up, you know, bouncing around with wins and losses. And then there was a stretch where we didn't really, we weren't really producing at all. And then you're just looking like, you know, was it, did that break, like, was that break, like, a mental reset to all these guys? And we're just like, oh, well, I mean, you know, we were on protocol, you know, we're, we're not 100%. I mean, is, is that maybe a factor? I mean. And, like, there are, I would Man, of all the years, and again, like, there's a global pandemic going on, so it makes sense that, you know, the Beats and everything don't have the type of access, but, like, after this season, like, next training camp, like, as much as I am down on this team, and and as much as I am sick of the excuses because we have been going through this for so long, like, I would love to, uh, yeah, I would love to hear from certain guys just about, like, man, was it really just a weird year and no one was quite right? Like, especially after the COVID break, like, yeah, whatever right. it was, 12 days off. And, like, I yeah, wonder, yeah. like, Travis Konechny suddenly looks like a hockey player again. Yeah, Maybe he was actually sick. Like, maybe he right. was really feeling it and had a hard time. Like, I had it last March. I felt like shit for two weeks. Like, and I'm not a professional hockey player. I got to get my ass from like the bed to the bar to turn on the fucking post game. And I didn't want to do that, you know? Like, so, yeah. So I, I I don't want to give them those built in excuses because we're so frustrated over what we've been seeing over a long term amount of time. Right. But also, I would love to know some answers to just this year's specific stuff. Like, this is a lot of young players who've never had these expectations before. Mm-hmm. That on top of, you know, COVID, did it all just kind of turn into a big shit show that you were just never able to get your hands on? And next year you'll be fine with practices and training camp and all that shit. Although, let me ask you this. Say we didn't have the pandemic. Do you still think that there would have been some type of inconsistencies or some type of problem that would be like i mean granted that yes there probably would be a problem but do you think that they would be that, that they would be like this like noticeable uh like we've seen and all teams go through slumps and all t- like some good teams have really slumped this year but mm-hmm. uh, it's it's always been like okay the flyers are going on the west coast for the disney on ice trip after christmas right. we can just chalk that up as a one six and one trip you know like it's mm-hmm. just gonna be shit but that's like eight games it's not a month's worth of games uh, like and I like I do think the schedule came into play. Like the schedule is so condensed, they never had a chance to mm-hmm. catch their breath. All that stuff, but mm-hmm. goddamn, it it was it wasn't even inconsistent. They were just bad for most of the season at this point now, and it's just yeah. uh, it's it's really frustrating. It's I, it is honestly surprising because like you know they came in hot the first two games. You know they battled it out with Pittsburgh. They got the first two wins and. You know, you figure, all right, maybe the season isn't going to go, you know, down the tubes. And then it's just like, you know, we we bounced around a bit. We weren't too worried. But then, you know, once the pause happened, it's like, well, what the fuck happened? Like, and honestly, I want to say that there's, you know, a a part of it I want to say is on the players. But there's also like maybe there is maybe these players aren't 100 percent healthy. If you think about it, like, you know, I personally haven't had covid I hope I don't ever catch COVID, but like maybe there's some trace of it that's like that that's not letting them 
perform up to, you know, expectations. I think that is, I mean, granted, I know we don't want to accept it. We don't want to admit it, but I feel like that not the people that were on protocol aren't fully with it. You know, if you, get what I'm, you understand what I'm trying to say? No, absolutely. Especially like in the weeks leading up, you know, in the weeks coming out of it. Like now, I think some guys look better than they have all season. And thanks a lot, Nikki. Uh, like, like, like I said, the uh, Travis Konechny, he he's playing some of his best hockey of the year the last couple games. And uh, he's getting in on four checks, getting the loose pucks. He's on both sides of the ice, creating plays, scoring. Uh, it's it's been nice to see, and maybe he really did have a hard time, like after COVID, and that's uh, like there's got to be we're gonna have to at some point like draw a line of differentiation, and w- we've done this, like Charlie has said, like there's a difference between the last eight years total and just this season, and I think that's true, um, and like we can even include we can even include the bubble into this, like they started out the bubble well, and then. You know, it's totally possible the young players didn't know how to deal with it and the older guys with families missed their families and shit just went awry and it hasn't been right ever since. I don't want to give this team excuses. I don't. Uh, it's uh, You can come in here and be wishy-washy every night. Uh, listen, I want to I wanna kill them. But I, would, I, I, I do think there's like a line. There's what we've seen from this, this group over the last however many seasons, and then there's the reality of this fucked up year. And I don't know, I don't know which one, I don't know which side of it I fall down on yet. So I guess you're going to have to listen to Broad Street Hockey Radio tomorrow to find out what I have to say about that, because I think it'll probably be a, uh, a, a topic we get into. So thank you all for listening tonight. Thank you for hanging out. If you haven't already, just hit that subscribe button, search Broad Street Hockey, wherever there are podcasts, and boom. Click subscribe, content delivered to you daily. The post games, pre games, BSH radio, fly purbly, so much content, can't even name it all. Trust me, you'll love it. You won't need to go anywhere else for your Flyers coverage. Just check out broadstreethockey.com and the Broad Street Hockey Network of podcasts. That's all for tonight. I'll be back after the next game. Until then, have a great week, everybody.